Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S3E24, Dangerous Game. Mm-hmm. The most dangerous game, you could say. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast. Can't stop, won't stop. We just keep cranking these things out to catch up to season five. Uh, so this episode's written by I, Marlene King, directed by Patrick Norris. He's one of their main directors. So this episode starts off with uh, the usual previously on PLL section. But what I love is as they get to the part where Mona says, look at all that's happened since you turned me down our little drive up the mountain. You get this brilliant, like super fast, quick cuts of like scenes from season three, basically showing all that chaos that's ensued. Yeah, since- lots of chaos. Well, which I love, you know, because it's just, it's brilliant. It's something you don't expect, but it reminded me of the similar trick from, I believe the episode of Buffy was The Gift. Probably. Yeah, it's been a long time, but. Um, yeah, the, the fifth season finale where Buffy, spoiler, dies a second time. Um, so we start off, we're in Spencer's kitchen. It's daytime. This is a few days later, uh, a week-ish after the last episode. Yeah, at some point they say they saw Spencer a week ago, so. Yeah, it's about a week later. It's it's daytime, kind of early, early noon ish. Uh, the three liars, Sans, uh, Spencer, are sitting at the table there, or the the like the kitchen island. There's like there's a total spread laid out. Mm-hmm. All this breakfast stuff. There's like little like fancy. It's all very fancy, fancy little cupcakes and croissants and donuts and muffins and all, all sorts of uh fancy things and ice water and glasses laid out it all looks catered yeah like you wouldn't you, this doesn't look like anything like the hastings made right right because um, they're but, not i mean they're not nouveau riche right no i wouldn't think so yeah. but uh so the aria hannah and uh emily they're all a little nervous about seeing spencer who's home uh, yeah, maybe she's nervous about seeing them. They're waiting for her to come downstairs. Uh, Spencer has apparently just gotten home from Radley. And Aria's like, well, she's the same Spencer we saw a week ago. And Hannah says, no, the Spencer we saw in Radley is not Spencer. Yeah. And Emily's like, that was before dot, dot, dot. And Hannah's like, Em, we're, we're not just here for her. We're here for you, too. So they're talking about Toby. Right. Who's probably dead. Yeah. Aria wonders if they should bring Toby up. But they don't want to say anything that could send Spencer back to Radley immediately. Yeah. So they're going to be cautious on that one. So Hannah info dumps that the cops have said that the second body in the woods was Toby, but they still want to, they still sent the body to the state coroner to ID. And, you know, Hannah's like, oh, maybe that means there's hope. And with that word hope, Spencer makes her descent down the stairs. Yeah. And she says, uh, you know how I feel about hope. It breeds eternal misery. <laughs> Spencer's wearing a kind of bizarre black and white dress with a belt, uh, fairly sleeveless. But she's she's back to old preppy Spencer. You know? Yeah, hair's back normal. It's 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 old Spencer, but she's like kind of cold at the same time. She says that they lost Toby a long time ago. They just didn't realize it. And the three <laughs> liars like look at her and just like Jesus, that's dark. Yeah. Um, she comes, you know, around them. She's taking in the spread and she says, you got to love the Hastings. I just got released from a mental hospital and they greet my friends of tea and crumpets. And Hannah asks what the difference between a crumpet and an English muffin is just to make some conversation here because it's awkward. And Spencer enlightens us and tells us that an English muffin is a baked bread made of dough 
A crumpet is a griddle cake made of batter. So there you go. The more you know. And as she says that, though, she picks up a crumpet, sniffs it, and then, like, tosses it down like it's like it's nothing. Like, her, you know, former life, you know, means nothing to her. Well, after, like, an eyebrow raise, like, hmm, and just throws it away. <laughs> yeah. So Emily asks how Spencer is. Spencer says she's all right. And Arya says that, you know, Spencer doesn't have to pretend with them. And Hannah, w- with that, assumes that, that this was just an act that Spencer, you know, had to pull off to get out of Radley. Yeah, if this is just an act you, you know, had to do to get out, like, we get it. And Spencer asks Emily, she says, yeah, do you remember being in the lighthouse when you had to make that choice? It was either him or you. Emily nods and Spencer says, I wasn't as strong as you were. When I saw Toby in the woods like that, it just gave up. And Emily is studying Spencer very closely here. She uh, she asks what changed since Spencer seems like she's back to herself. And Spencer mm-hmm. says that she decided she didn't want to be a victim anymore. That's She said, that's not who I am. Ooh, there's a meta statement. Yeah, I mean, in some sense, that is kind of one of the morals of the show is these girls kind of refuse to be the victim, you know, right? refuse to be the dead girl who just goes away, refuse to have their agency taken away from them. So she turns around, pulls out a stack of envelopes, like, you know, invitations. She pulls out one for the liars, hands them to each of them. She says that her parents told everyone that she went to rally for exhaustion, exhaustion. So now they want to throw a soiree. So high society knows that she's all better now. She's better now. <laughs> better what? Uh, liars are still kind of awkward about this. And Spencer's like, hey, you know, I, I could really use the support. Can you please come? So, of course they will. And um, he's like, yeah, we know, you, you know, you know, you know, we'd do anything for you. And Spencer kind of looks away. She like looks guilty. And she's like, I'm counting on it. Uh, just for fun, I just want to point out, the invitation says, join the Hastings family for dinner and dancing. <laughs> At the, uh, is it the Thornhill Ridge Lodge? Is that what it is? Or, or Thornhill the, Lodge? The Lodge of Thornhill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to have a, a soiree. Every season finale of PLL has to have some sort of ridiculous social event that never particularly seems related to the school. See, you're expecting that. And I think uh, the Pretty Liars is counting on that this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to the audience, I think it's pretty clear that whole, Spencer's whole attitude is that of someone who's been reborn as a supervillain mm-hmm. but to the liars i feel like they're just taking this under like well sure she's going to be a little bit different as she settles back in but you know they're wanting to see good old spencer so we cut to a's rv lair yeah um, we see you know the usual creepy dolls and shit uh we, there's an a tapping away on their keyboard there on their black hoodie a, yeah on their mac pro that there's some shitty hard rock playing branding for yeah uh, this A is like pulling up like a contact list and like syncing some contacts to their phone. Two questions. One, mm. how hard is it to type in black gloves or just gloves in general? Those seem pretty tight, so it's probably not that hard. It's probably harder, but those aren't like I have some like driving gloves, but they're not like fitted at all. And so like it would be a pain in the ass to type in those, but these are pretty tight gloves. I can't speak for Evan, but someday I want to hear more about your driving gloves. Um, mm-hmm. Also, in, question two. In addition to like the stalker photos and the paraphernalia, what it goes with that, do you think that like shitty bar music is a requirement for any AHQ? Mona was really into the industrial scene of the late 90s. Like faux Trent Reznor? She's just like, look, that was when music peaked. Yeah. And Mona, that's, that's what gets played in my lair. Mona's just like listening to Hurt over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this day, 
<laughs> this this black hoodie A is like going through some contact info. They're transferring um, a phone number, seeking some mysterious contact to the phone next to the computer. And then Mona comes into the lair in a uh, kind of black t-shirt, black pants, and ponytail. It's a great look for Mona. Yeah, very very cool. simple ninja look, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that's obviously, she's not the one with the computer. Uh, this other A closes out the kind of contact search windows, and we just see a, a map of where the lodge at Thornhill is, and a, a Thornhill landing strip, which is like right next to the lodge crazy close to the lodge actually i would say yeah mona gets the black hoodie at the computer some kind of drink and an alice in wonderland mug while she sits down herself with a uh is it friday yet mug which <laughs> lol <laughs> i can assume it's coffee i feel like that's what a drinks but they they work late so yeah i feel with those kind of hours being potentially high school students and then super villains at night they're either drinking lots of coffee or they're just on the coke mm-hmm. but uh yeah mona doesn't get a lot of sleep but she doesn't Mona's, need it no she just hangs upside down like a bat she's looking at the invitation for the spencer soiree and she says in her terminator voice we like your plan you'll get your reward friday hmm uh, somewhere nearby at dog barks and the a looks out the window and mona's kind of smiling and she says those bitches are finally going to get what they deserve and, and she looks the, very, very happy. I like it when Mona smiles. Well, then the camera does like a real quick like cut in on a uh, on a, the reserved glee on Mona's mm-hmm. face. So after the credits, we uh, kind of have a close up of a babysitter wanted sign, which pays ten dollars an hour for three days a week. Is that a good rate? I just don't I know. No, I mean, how many hours are you working? I feel like, and I have no idea what the actual rate is, but I feel like fifty bucks a night minimum, right? Like. Yeah, I think if you're only working like three hours, $10 an hour, they should give you like a $20 tip on top of it. I, I feel you're right. Yeah. Um, so we're finding out this is at school. It's daytime. The four liars are there looking at this sign, which is Ezra's sign, we discover. Busy parents need help caring for seven-year-old boy. One of those parents doesn't even have a job. Well, He's busy. The, Actually, yeah, both parents may not have a job. Right. Like... Former English teacher at this very high school attempting to come back as a substitute teacher. Real success story here. Mm-hmm. Also, Maggie's email is magtag. Hmm. Fitz's email is Fitz451. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. They had to put in a little literary reference there. I'm sure Ray Bradbury is just groaning in his, in his RIP. Um, so Spencer is dressed like she's like a, in a, the school marching band from like a dystopian future. She kind of looks like she's appropriate one of like Arya's hairstyles here. Yeah, there's a little bit of an Arya look, kind of uh, brushed over to one side with some large curls in it. It's a good look. Um, um, Hannah's wearing a necklace that may or may not have like shark teeth and jewels on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I'm gonna say right now is that Arya's wearing a jean jacket and has a picture of a tiger's face on the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are they doing here? Spencer asks Arya if Malcolm told her what uh, A looked like. It's funny I wrote what she looked like there. Uh, <laughs> and Arya says, no, he just said that it, she was a friend of mine, that her name is Allison. That's all I know. And Hannah says that uh, you know Arya has to talk to this kid and find out what he knows. And yeah. Emily's like, yeah, like, did she have dark hair, horns, and a tail? And then they all look over at Mona in the quad, who's... Uh, just like smiling and talking to some boy next to her and eating like some looks like some cafeteria eggs and English muffin there. 
really dopey boy next to her, yeah. That uh, guy's that guy's got some bangs. They're kind of swoops forward. Oh, I thought that was how you were referring to Mona. No. Um, <laughs> Arya doesn't want to use Malcolm to get this info about Mona. Spencer is listening to all this, of course, with great interest. Um, mm-hmm. And Hannah a little, says, little nervously, yeah. Yeah. Hannah says that all they have to do is show Mona's picture to Malcolm, and once he confirms that she was the one who took him, the cops can take her back to the can take her Lulu head back to the nut farm. <laughs> and at this, they kind of all glare at Hannah, and she's just like, "Oh, sorry, Spence, my bad." Spencer's Wait, I, like, that's okay, I'm just showing off my right ear to everyone. Oh, uh, I think Spencer's really thinking is, uh, like, fuck, they have a really good plan, but it came from Hannah. <laughs> yeah, and Spencer says, I don't know, it seems like a really bold move from Mona, the risk of being seen like that. And Emily's like, what are you saying, Spence? And Spencer says, it feels desperate, like maybe she's trying to get caught. Hmm. Arya declares Malcolm off limits, and then Lisa go to class. And they're she all just, like, thank God Arya left. Yeah, she just turns and leaves, like like she just lays down the law. Doesn't even wait for her pretend her friends to pretend like they're going to do what she said. Well, she says she has to get to class, so she walks off. Hannah is like, well, whatever, and grabs the whole flyer for babysitting. She's like, I could use some extra money. And Emily's like, Did you not just hear Arya? And Hannah obviously could give a fuck what Arya says. She says, M, kids love me. We'll make a game out of it. Yeah, a dangerous game. But as and, we remember from the first secret, Hannah has previous babysitting experience. That's true. She does with Allie. Mm-hmm. That terrified boy of Allison's story. <laughs> had his first weird boner that night. Yeah. And uh, uh, then they run into Shanna, Shanna in the hall. Uh, she, God, now I don't know. It's Shanna, right? Or it's Shanna. Shanna. Shanna? Yeah. It's like once you lose it, it just goes and you can't remember. Well, especially talking about Hannah, who's in the scene with Shauna. It's going to drive you nuts. Uh Um, Shauna says hey to Emily. She's wearing a jacket for her school, which is apparently Oakwood High. And apparently she's a red devil. Yeah, it's a mascot. The red devils. Is that a real school somewhere in Pennsylvania? I'm curious. Oakwood. And Shauna is making some kind of dumb conversation about how there's like an a the coach arrange practice here, you know, to get ready for some swim meet. And she's like, I say if it's water, it's wet, right? The pool's a pool. Which, I don't know, is that like sexual or something? I don't know. Uh, she gets introduced to Spencer since they have not yet met. And Spencer says, you swim for Oakwood? And Shauna's like, amongst other things, will you be at the meet? Which, I don't like Shauna. Like, who, who would reply to something that way? Well, the whole time... Hannah is giving her, like, just staring right at Shauna. Staring at her, yeah. Fuck. Um, you're going to her attitude. It's just basically just like, notice how hot I am or fuck off. But uh, Amongst other things. Yeah. Shauna says, I'll look for you there, and she leaves. And Hannah is just like, ugh, that bitch. So was Shauna, like, hitting on Spencer a little there? I, I don't know. It's hard to tell with that actress. But, uh, yeah, Shauna leaves and Hannah declares that she hates Shauna because she flirts with everyone but Hannah. <laughs> and Emily says, uh, Shauna's bad news. Wherever she goes, trouble follows. And I don't know if we have anything to back that up, but sure, Emily. Um, I mean, I, I'd say, you, you know, if that was true, I'd say follow, follow Shauna. But in her case, trouble sounds really boring. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, do, does Pennsylvania, like, give a shit about swimming? Like, Texas gives a shit about, like, high school football? I think in Rosewood, it's the only sport that matters. Like, the football team is nothing compared to the swimming mm-hmm. team. 
We have an epic swim program. Apparently. Um, it's, it's just transcendental watching them. So, meanwhile, Arya's at her locker. She closes it. She turns... Arya, who had to get to class, is at her locker. I think she just had to make a point that, don't question me, guys. I'm Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, she turns, you know, from her locker, sees Ezra down the hallway, shaking hands with some old people. You ever look at the photo she has up in her locker? What is it? It's always like, it's like, oh, there's a photo of Arya with somebody who's definitely not one of the liars. Hmm. Like, it's always weird. Like, the, I don't know, maybe that's their personal photos or something. I always find it a little strange. Who are these people? Let's start some crazy conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So Ezra sees her and they start walking together. They're, they're trying to act cool and nonchalant. Like half the school didn't see them at Jenna's birthday party or something. Yeah, Ezra's he's shaking hands with some adults. Like uh, he, he was just there for the interview or something. He, being casual, he's pretending to be on his phone while he talks to Arya here. At one point, she even opens a book and pretends to read it for half a second as she walks. <laughs> They're like, oh, we just happen to be texting on a phone and reading a book next to each other as we walk and yes. glance at each other and talk. Yeah, so, but you see, like you said, he had an interview. That's they called him this morning about it. And she says, they must be interested in having you back. And he's trying to act tough. And he's just like, I don't think it's going to work out for me. And Arya's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then just like it looks off to the, you know, away from Ezra and kind of like smirks. Like it's such a weird reaction. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Yeah. So then and she, then she just, just wanders off. Yeah. And she just walks away. And Ezra watches her go like, like, damn, like my master plan to like play hard to get, you know, did not work. Mm-hmm. And try that know. one again. Pretending to text, apparently not the way to uh, get Arya to ask her you back. Well, it's like in the, the this previous week like he's divined finally that like there might be trouble in Ezra land mm-hmm. um so meanwhile at toby's house yeah Kavanaugh house there's just like trash newspaper all over the porch still mailbox is overflowing apparently when when toby dies or goes undercover he like puts his whole family like like what does he like what does he do with them does he just be like mom and dad by the way i need you to leave town i can't tell you why yeah like here's a like he here's, just here's he comes, tickets to France. Don't and they're come like, back. You're a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a weird thing where they kind of like push in up the steps, like this mm-hmm. little bit of whoosh music. It's very like a like a light David Lynch shot. Um, so you then go we're all the way to the little vertical window next to the door to watch Jenna inside on the phone and wearing white pants after Labor Day. Brave girl. Are you sure it's after Labor Day on this show? Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, she says to someone, you said you'd make it go all away, go all the way. Ah, I'll go away. She says, the police have evidence. I'm worried. And the police have evidence. Yeah. And then she says, look, I need to see you today. And then outside we see A's gloved hands come up and start texting on a phone and text uh, 32 route six, be there at nine tonight, A, and then sends a text. And then what? we, sorry, go ahead. Also, what I like about this, though, is all of those times that we talk about those weird ending scenes where, like, the camera would just kind of drift away and you're like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? This is the first time where it's just like, yes, A is here watching you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, there there are some gloves. Somehow typing on an iPhone through gloves. Those must have those special little pads on them. Amazing. Um, and so the text gets sent and then we look back in the window there at Jen on the phone and then she appears to get a text. I mean, I'm assuming she's getting the text unless it's like some sort of weird misdirection. Uh, but she looks down at her phone and then she says to the person, oh, I had to go. And then she comes over in the window and looks out, but no one's there now. 
She's also apparently shopping at the crazy fucking necklace store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the area code is a full. It's an actual number they show. It's not like five 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 something. Uh, it's area code two and five. Which if I had more time, I would actually look up like where that is in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I always love seeing like A's logistics. Um, I always like, and you always know that sometimes A has to be watching them because the texts are so specific to like things that A is set up for them, like little, you know, not uh-huh. traps, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, I love the idea that A is like close to them all the time, just like savoring their reaction to texts. Hey, you want to, you want to just start a new conspiracy theory here? I do. Maggie's phone number also is a 215 area code. What, what? Yeah. Huh. Ezra's a 717. Magtag could be A. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile at Arya's house, speaking of which, Arya is actually doing homework, or at least pretending to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Byron comes in, just rolls right in, and he just got off the phone with Ella, and he says, uh, "Did you know that Ezra was applying for teaching jobs at Rosewood High?" And Arya's like, "Yeah, he applied for a job subbing the district." And Byron's like, "Look, you, like your mom and I recognize our Ezra needs to find a way to support his son, but he cannot teach in Rosewood if you two are still seeing each other. You're leaving us no choice." And Arya, like last year, she was like ready to like burn her family down and blackmail, and now she's just like, "Dad, slow down, okay? He's not getting the job." Well, I like. That. I'm gonna let your threat slide. After she's basically like walked all over them just with the stuff of Ezra's son and him needing a job in the past mm-hmm. few episodes. It's like Byron's through being cool. <laughs> this could be Arya could not care less. This could be the end of the bad sad yeah. podcast. And Byron says he was offered the position this morning at Arya. Ezra asked for a date to decide if he wants to take it. And Arya just kinda has this look like, huh. Well, what do you know? But like doesn't really seem to care that much. You know, not terribly concerned. So apparently the job seemingly got upgraded from subbing to something more permanent and substantial, perhaps even his old job. And like, since when did they then grant you time to it, whether or not you're going to accept this? No, job? They, that's normal. You're not going to just like you, you offered me this job. I immediately accept. You'd be like, let me give it a day, you know, make sure it works out with my situation. Hmm. I, I would be amazed at the school district. Like, has the leeway to give Ezra like again how long was he there you know last year that's that's normal though my last job I got hired for I said let me think about it call him back later cool I'm still thinking about it mm-hmm. so at the rear window brew Ezra's meeting of Hannah and uh, he says so Arya didn't tell me that you were interested in the job mm-hmm. and Hannah explains that she didn't tell Arya because she didn't want Ezra to feel pressured into giving her the gig yeah. And she says, so Malcolm Seven's seven, right? What's he into? Fast cars and fast girls? Awesome line. Ezra is just giving Hannah nothing here. He's just like, uh, so Hannah's like, it was a joke. He, he swallows that coffee pretty hard. <laughs> and Ezra's like, he's into trains. And Hannah says, oh, well, all aboard the Hannah Express. And Ezra's like, LOL, who says that? The football Ez- team? Ezra's thinking to himself, because of how I see teenage girls, I don't know how to take that in any way except sexually. I'd like to point out that Malcolm might have been into dinosaurs if his passive-aggressive dad <laughs> hadn't tossed his toy into the trash a few episodes all ago. You, all kids are into dinosaurs. Of course he's into dinosaurs. Well, he doesn't have any toys anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ezra asks if she has a resume. Ezra's like, hey, Malcolm, you want to watch Jurassic Park? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, too bad. <laughs> Fuck he you. he throws his TV out the window. <laughs> 
So he asks if she has a resume, and she's just like, eh. You know, she says she's been babysitting since she was 15. Her mom's in New York. Caleb's out of town. So she has a lot of free time. We could use the uh, the extra cash, which shouldn't Ashley be back fairly soon? Uh, who knows? Yeah. I have a lot of time to kill, and I could use the extra money. And Ezra's like, well, that sounds like a ringing endorsement of somebody who wants a job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, okay, I'll have an appointment tonight with who? Like, you don't have friends, Ezra. Who do you have an appointment with? Seriously. Uh, he says, so if you're free, you can give it a test run and see if it's a good fit. And Hannah promises it will be. And then she says, toot, toot. <laughs> this girl's trouble is what Ezra's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the woods somewhere, we see the Jenna thing get out of her Mustang. She's wearing a, a blazer and a dress with her long legs. This scene is very similar to the scene in the season two finale where she goes and meets someone in the woods. Right. She's got her you know, her blind Jenna glasses on and she's walking like she's never walked in high heels before. She to me, she looks like she's trying to make a really good impression on somebody here. That's like the outfit. She's Perhaps wearing. she is. Indeed. She takes uh, her sunglasses off, sits down across from somebody, and she looks very happy and smiling. And she says, I've missed you. They'll all be together this Friday. You know what you need to do. And this person says, yeah. What did the doctor say about your eyes? And Jenna says, um, I'll have good days and bad days. Eventually, they'll all be bad, which is pretty much like her life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. In the liars in general, it's like, you'll have good days and bad days. Eventually, they'll all be bad. And to further cement that, we see that it's Shauna that she's talking to who reaches out, holds Jenna's hands, and she says, on your darkest days, you know that I'll be there for you. And if you're paying close attention, Shauna is wearing a kind of scarf, shawl thing, whatever. Uh, that's a, the little piece of clothing that Jenna gave to the person that she was meeting in the season two finale. So I think we can say that she was meeting Shauna in the season two finale with whatever shenanigans she was up to at that masquerade ball. She's wearing that scarf with what looks like a shiny metal-ish jacket. Yeah. Well, I feel like whatever Jenna's plan there was, it like completely didn't work because the liars all left. And, yeah. And also, like all these people are apparently like assigned by Mona to like go distract Jenna and Melissa, and, or no, Melissa wasn't there. Go distract Jenna. Right, like Lucas was supposed to do it, and then Melissa was supposed to do it in, in the Black Swan outfit. So whatever Jenna's plan was, it never got off the ground. Right, which what the hell was Jenna's plan? Um, <laughs> so Did outside, she, like, give Shauna like a gun or something in that episode. <laughs> Maybe I'm just making that up. That could be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, outside Ezra's apartment building, it's daytime. Arya's sitting on a bench waiting for Ezra. She's wearing her jean jacket and a yellow shirt that has like a pattern of diamonds on it, like a like a gold bling bling chain. She's it would big. normally be hideous, but when paired with those pants, suddenly it seems almost normal. Those was well, like a skirt and leggings, and the leggings are in some kind of like vomit pattern that looks like if you cut up the borders of different ornate rugs and like sewed them together and then bound them around Arya's little legs. On yeah, top of that, she's wearing what what looks like a child's Velcro shoes. <laughs> this is this is just Ezra's disgusting. like boner. Yeah. Um, she's waiting for Ezra, who walks up and sits down next to her on the bench. Uh, he starts rubbing her back and asking if everything is okay. And Arya says, "Why didn't you tell me they offered you the job?" And I, my notes say, "Because he's a fucking liar, Arya, who consistently only tells you what he has to." She hasn't caught on to that yet. Uh, <laughs> Ezra says, "Because I didn't think." 
I don't think I'm going to take it because I didn't think you should share in the burden of that decision. Ugh. That's a nice line. And yeah. Arya says, you need a job, Ezra. And he says, yeah, but you know what would happen to us if I you know, end up back at Rosewood. And then the waterworks start to come out here. Yeah, he points out that things are different and people know about them now. And Arya starts to cry. Hey, face. hey, don't, don't cry. Don't cry. We're okay. Arya says, no, we're not. Nothing about us feels right anymore. He's sorry. And she says, it's not your fault. And he wants to fix this. And she says, I know. I know, but you can't. Okay, we've been chasing after what we used to have ever since he found out about Malcolm. But I just don't, I don't think I, we can ever go back to that. And Ezra's like, things, things aren't easy, but they can still be good. And Arya says, it shouldn't have to be this hard. Ezra saying, if, if you're, if you're, if you're not happy anymore, you know, that's what matters most to me. And Arya says, hey, I love you just as much as I always have. And that's why I want you to take this job. And she gets up to leave. He stops her and he's like, I love you. And Arya just sighs and walks off in tears. Yeah, like I hope I uh, gave that the emotion that so obviously had. Yeah, yeah, it was moving Mm -hmm. really. Um, I think Lucy Hale and Ian Harding probably now hate you for showing them up. Well, it's like uh, Arya tried to dump Ezra last week and it just didn't take, and so now she's trying to dump him again. But I feel like this one, you know, the the first one was too cold. This one's maybe a little too hot. She Mm -hmm. she hasn't really dumped him properly yet. Well, and and. Up until the point she gets him and walks away, he's doing this kind of like head down, like the the breakup posture, where like you just don't want to look at the person. He I think Ezra that broken up. Well, I, I kind of wonder if Ezra's move is just like he's just going to remain oblivious, <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't get that the disease being dumped, so therefore they're still in a relationship because they haven't both turned the keys. Um, but we get the shot, you know, as Arya like walks towards us in the foreground, making cry face, and mm-hmm. Ezra's on the is behind her on the bench still. And he's got this look on his face that's just like, well, fuck, I just got dumped by a high school student. <laughs> yeah, so then we cut to, like, a kind of homey diner somewhere. We've seen this place before. Rustic. This is rustic, yes. This is where A met, uh, what's her face, Therapy Ann, way back when. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of pan across the place. We see A is sitting at a booth. On a little, it's not an iPhone, something else. Flipping through pictures on the on the phone of Jenna thing through the window. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this means that A took this A is the one who took those pictures, or they just like got texted them by another A. Well, we hear the the ding of a bell, cause like one of those like bells over the door. Someone comes mm-hmm. in. We see the back of this person's head, and it really looks, looks like Spencer. It looks like a woman might be Spencer. The kindly old waitress, you know, says evening ma'am to her. This woman walks towards the black hoodie person, and we're supposed to think, like, oh, shit, Spencer's about to meet A. The woman then walks to a different booth, sits down with a friend. This person is not Spencer, but rather an ancient-looking person who appears to be the victim of too much plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hear another ding as someone comes in. We see on the, the clock that it is now 9 p.m., and the kindly old Nine waitress sharp. Says, yeah. Yeah, says to this new person, seat yourself, pretty eyes. This person walks over to A and looks down, and we see it's Toby. Toby's not even wearing a hoodie. So, was Toby, pretty eyes. As Toby's far back as like, I think he's attempting to smolder. There is what what he's going for. Keegan House just like, yeah, smolder. I don't think but he, he can't use his hand, so I'm sure it's limiting him. I feel like Keegan Allen's like face is just like nothing but nerve damage from like trying to emote too much. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, does this mean that Toby has been pretty eyes as far back as season two? Perhaps. Uh, so he sits down across from A and he says, Hannah got the job. And the A's A face says, is still A's, obscured by the hood. A's looking down. He says, I know. And then A looks up and it's Spencer. Toby's like, oh shit. Spencer in like super hot, like dark eye makeup. Yeah, raccoon eyes. She mm-hmm. looks with that giant hood and that look on her face. She looks like A sexy Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. And Toby's facial rictus conveys an O expression as best it can. He's yeah. just like, Spencer. Spencer stares at him, and her eyes look huge and piercing and evil and haunted and irascible and, and she starts unblinking. To get, she starts to get angry here. She says, uh, when I was in Radley, Mona told me you were alive. I wanted to believe her, but until now. And, and she says, back in the woods, was that you? Were you part of it? And Toby's like, Mona told me after. And she says, and you let me believe you were dead? Well, for part of this, she has this like very sinister like equanimity about her. But yeah, she breaks down just a little bit after that that line, and he's just like everything I've done, so I could protect you. And Spencer he, says, "I want to believe that." He looks like a troll that lives under a bridge. Let me just say that. Um, and he says, "Let me take you somewhere safe." And she doesn't respond. And he says, "Does Mona know you're here?" He's looking at her. He looks at his, the phone on the table and suddenly gets nervous. Yeah, does Mona know you're here? And she says, "No." She told me that you would be there Friday, that you'd be my reward for delivering the girls. And Spencer, uh, she found Toby because Mona left her alone. That, that's in, alone in her lair. She says, I kidnapped the seven-year-old. I'm the reason that Arya and Ezra broke up, so I've earned her trust. And Toby's like, it's not safe for you to be here. And Spencer says, I stopped worrying about me a long time ago. And she says it with her best, like, James Dean cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Toby immediately goes to the, what we had was real. I've been pretending to work with Mona so I could keep you safe. He's all tough. I need you to believe me. Yeah. But like the way he says it, like it's kind of pissy. Like he's not pleading. He's like commanding. He's like, I need you to believe me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I need you to follow me. He looks like a piece of human garbage, this jerk. Um, she's just like studying him and he's just like, yeah, I need you to follow me. So he gets up and leaves, you know, thus ending their little tete a tete for it's the like, moment. He's like angry. Yeah. And, you know, you can pretty much assume that Spencer's going to follow him, but she pauses to take a breath in before she makes that move. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, at Ezra's place at night, Malcolm is watching TV like a zombie staring at the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah asks. Staring at he- the Looney Tunes, much like I'm staring at Spencer with those, uh, crazy cheekbones and sith lord makeup on oh amazing she's about to order order 66 right before mm-hmm. she leaves that uh that booth uh hannah asks if malcolm wants to play a game and he he says no because his dad said he could watch cartoons and so obviously they made the big step where now ezra's officially malcolm's dad to this kid i guess but uh, i suppose yeah hannah says tv's gonna rot your brain uh it's your choice if you're gonna grow up to be stupid just saying is what she says to him yeah. Um, uh, and bad news, Hannah. He already is fucking stupid. Well, my only thought on this kid is this kid is so Asian. He's not remotely Ezra's son or Maggie's son. Yeah, he definitely has some some different ethnic makeup to him than Ezra does. Uh, but uh, yeah, sure, we'll keep we'll go with that. And uh, so he turns the TV off, and Hannah says, "Let's play Guess Who." You know, I'll show you a picture of someone, and you tell me if you know him. And then they're going to play Face Mash and followed by Fuck, Mary Kill. Yeah. Oh, we, we should play that sometime. <laughs> so she gets out her phone, shows him a picture of Arya, and he's like, that's Arya. And she's like, oh, you're good at this. And then she 
shows him a picture of Mona. And he's just like, no. And she's like, you sure? And Mona didn't take you to the car. Or, you know, sure this person didn't take you to the carnival? And she says, no, I went with Arya's friend, Allison. And Hannah's like, okay. Tries another picture. Cece, nope. Melissa, nope. Jenna, nope. <laughs> By the way, these are all professional actor headshots that she's showing this kid. Hannah just has those on her phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, then he, the you know, picture of the Jenna thing and he shakes his head. Uh, I mean, these might actually be like from IMDb. Yeah. Then she shows him a picture of Toby and this kid is just like, that's a boy, LOA. <laughs> a, <laughs> a gargoyle face. Um, and Hannah basically, she wants to scream fuck as loud as she can, but she says that she's going to call a friend real quick. And he asks if he can play a game on her phone. And Hannah's thinking two things. Well then, Hey, how am I going to call my friend dummy? <laughs> and two, yeah, you can play a game on my phone. Just don't jump up and down on the bed and fall off like a little moron. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, Ezra has a landline. Hannah uses that, and she calls Emily to tell her that she's struck out. Yeah. Meanwhile, Emily is out jogging while uh, talking to Hannah on the phone, and Emily's like, "He's seven. Maybe he's confused." Uh, but then she's gonna have to call Hannah back because up ahead she spots something interesting. It's Melissa who's knocking on the window of the uh, the Kavanaugh house. Yeah, Toby's house. The, the Marshall house, whatever you want to call it. Toby and Jenna's house. And then somebody, somebody lets Melissa in the front door. And so Emily kind of creeps and inside we see Melissa's talking to someone. We can't see who. And off screen, we hear somebody say, you don't understand. They have the tapes and that can't happen, Melissa. And then Melissa says, no, I do understand. But those bitches are going to be at the lodge at nine tonight. Do you understand? And the camera pans over and we see she's talking to Jenna thing. And Shauna is there too. And uh, you can't totally hear what they say next. It's it's like too muffled. But we do hear at one point Jenna says uh, Shauna's right. And then Melissa hands Shauna an invitation for the lodge party. The coming home story. And Emily's yeah. face says, well, that's no fucking good. Yeah. Emily has been seeing all this. She backs away from the window. And oh, boy. So then we cut to the Star Motel, some like dingy, like looking neon sign for a motel. It's funny. It's it has like the star inside of a star, which reminded me of the rocking horse at Radley. Um, Spencer and Toby are inside a room. Spencer is still wearing her A gear, and Toby's making her a fucking cup of coffee. Um, um I think if you're Toby, you know what to do with Spencer. Give her lots of coffee. Lots of caffeine on like your hot plate in your motel. Lots of coffee. Don't crowd her too much. You know. And she says, doesn't look like anyone lives here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we find out that Toby's he's been shuffling between a few motels. Mona doesn't know about this one. And Spencer says, and Redcoat? And Toby says, the only thing I know about Redcoat is that she's in charge. And Spencer's like, I know. And Toby kind of notes, he's like, you still don't trust me. Ugh, what a jerk. Spencer's... Mascara and eyeshadow game here is just off the chart. Her yeah. eyes, her eyes actually look like pitch black here. Like that's that's yeah. how how good the uh, the ensemble is. The the raccoon eyes is mm-hmm. fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah, and her her dark eyes say, "Look, I understand why you've been helping Mona. I made the same decision. But if I saw you hurting the way you know, the way I know you saw me, she kind of looks away, tears welling up, and she says, Toby. And then he starts crying too, which is a nice move, Toby. Like, when in doubt, just match the emotions of the person you're dealing with. Well, because he treated her like shit. Like, there's no way he's going to talk his way. Toby Cavanaugh, wordsmith here, is not going to talk his way out of it. This is his only move. Is I feel like Spencer's like, look, maybe I would have done the same to you because I am Spencer. Can't stop, won't stop, hate scenes. 
but you but it's different <laughs> how dare you come on, you? Come on yeah. spencer come on um so she loses her resolve a little bit she kneels down and starts caressing his stony gargoyle she's, face she's like marveling at his tears like she wants to lick them yeah yeah they embrace mm-hmm. and start kissing i just wrote spencer what are you doing they start making out and mm-hmm. again we get no mention of like how long toby's working mona or why he thinks that he can fool mona by having a hotel room she won't know about um so meanwhile ezra's place hannah's laying out some generic oreos called sandwich cookies along with some grapes and she says no wonder i was a fat kid when my dad she and my mom and left us to start a new family i had a box of these a night is that they're like reading the uh the calorie count yeah yeah she's like but i would get some peanut butter and then some of that frosting in a can to have a party which hannah Marin, totally appropriate babysitter and malcolm seems just clueless to this yeah hannah's like you don't understand i just told you something amazing yeah um there's some like beeps from her phone and then uh you know he's on the he's on ezra's bed playing with the phone and then malcolm says allison's right here she's in this picture and hannah's just like oh shit she runs over like, there's what do you a mean? there's a picture message that came from a blocked id and it says a picture of allison and spencer you know back in the day spencer looks young there too yeah, yeah. good job uh well she doesn't have the raccoon eyes well yeah very minimal makeup there so she definitely looks different and and Malcolm's like, she's in this picture. And Hannah's like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. Uh, and Malcolm says, it just popped up. And Hannah says, that, that can't be what you, who you saw. And Malcolm's like, that's Arya's friend, Allison. And he's like, no, Malcolm, that girl is. And then Malcolm cuts her off and says, I remember her pretty hair. That's her, Hannah, with the blue shirt. And then Allison's wearing a white shirt in this photo. Spencer is wearing the blue shirt. What? And Hannah's like, Spencer? Like, yeah the fuck so cut to hannah's kitchen later hannah is showing this picture to Ari and emily she's filled them in on the fact that malcolm identified spencer as a kidnapper mm-hmm. and in the greatest meta statement of all time aria proclaims this is crazy yeah she's saying and, and you're, you're saying, saying that shauna knows jenna and that both of them are meeting up with melissa and emily nods and Aria says this is crazier than crazy i mean radley's looking better every day i'm actually ready to check in just you wait aria <laughs> Like, and I almost feel like a little bit of her southern accent comes out here when she's saying this. Well, as Jacob Clifton said, when Spencer tells you something, it is truer than the truth. Mm-hmm. When Arya tells you that something is crazier than crazy, you best believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so Emily's like, we're going to figure it out. And Arya's like, I've already figured it out. Spencer's part of the A-team. Game over, man. Game over. Oh, I, I mean, so... today it's me and Ezra, tomorrow it'll be you and Caleb, and then it's going to be your turn, Emily, so get ready to say goodbye to Paige, because I promise you, Ace going to take her away from you. Why would Spencer do this to us? You know, taking Paige away, not such a bad thing. Um, So, in addition to being the conductor, Ari is also a prophet of doom. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily just doesn't believe that Spencer's on the A-team, and figures, you know, she ignores Ari's histrionics, <laughs> and figures <laughs> there has to be more to the story of Spencer's working with Mona. So we see that somebody is indeed... Watching the girls from outside Hannah's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Arya yeah. points out that they don't know what happened in Radley. Emily says, you know, that I don't believe for one second that Spencer's on the A-team. If she's working with Mona, there has to be more to the story. And Arya's like, we don't know what happened to Radley. And Spencer went in there at rock bottom and she came out like a shiny new penny. And Hannah's said- like, are you thinking shock treatment? <laughs> <laughs> now it's Arya and Emily's turn to just stare at her and then ignore her. And Arya's thinking Mona spent some time at Radley. Maybe she made some friends. And maybe Spencer talked to some of those friends. So Emily remembers that Mona asked Spencer to join the A-team in the night of the Masquerade Ball. So maybe this is Spencer finally taking her up uh, up on it. And Hannah wonders, like, why now? 
Emily says, there's a way to prove Spencer is still with them. If Mona's watching, it won't put Spencer at risk. And at this point, Hannah looks out the window and looks a little concerned, like maybe she spotted something. Mm-hmm. And she turns around, walks over to their little like uh, counter-mounted radio, and turns it on to some really loud music. Because, I mean, I feel like it, it, it took a long time for them to finally go to this trope. The old right. play loud music while well, you have to have a conversation when people are listening, you know? Right, right. Um, and Ari's like, really, Hannah? You're in the mood for a dance party? And Always. Hannah says, look, A was everywhere before Spencer joined the A-team. Do you really think we're meeting in secret? And so then we, we see them talking inside of the radios covering what they're saying. From, from outside, we see them talking yeah. inside. Um, so after this scene, I pondered for a moment that if the ever the girls like do something, realize that there's no one around... And they like they signal to like whichever of them is closest to the stereo to crank it and they have a little dance party. Mm-hmm. Just imagine like that Orphan Black scene from like the last episode of Orphan Black, but like it's these four girls like blowing off a little steam to like the divinals, like I touch myself. <laughs> sure. Just imagine it. Mm-hmm. So back at the Star Motel. While you're imagining that, imagine some Lana Del Rey. Uh, Spencer walks out in just a shirt and seemingly nothing else. It's a long shirt. Toby is, of course, shirtless on the bed. And they basically just slow fuck to some Lana Del Rey. It's very but dark and sultry and full of despair. It's like, you know, she, dis- she has despair this, fucking. This slight smile on her face. She still has the A makeup on, still mm-hmm. looks evil. They're basically recreating their first time from season one. And to me, this is like a new height, like the gorgeous cacophony that has been the Dark Spencer so, so far. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of like all their lies and secrets and betrayals and plotting against each other. Whereas Arya tells Ezra that, you know, we can't get back to where we are. We can't recreate something. Toby and Spencer are going to recreate the night they first fuck. I mean, they might as well be making. No, they didn't, they didn't sleep together that night. I mean, they slept together. They didn't sleep but together. It, their first night of like some kind of intimacy. But like yeah. they might as well be making love on a literal stack of dead bodies here. You know? Yeah, this is some dark hate fucking. And it's, it's, it's like kind of hot. It's excessive, though. Like we just kind of keep like dissolving to like new like. Like levels of like their mm-hmm. yeah, she kind of keeps going, and then you know it's like they're they're definitely both naked under the covers, and and it keeps cutting to the motel sign where yeah. only the M is lit. Like, is that like Mona's watching them? I don't know. Well, it's like there's uh, no fireplace to like pan over to. There's no like uh, like train entering a tunnel mm-hmm. over and over again. Which how great would it have been if they like cut to Malcolm like ramming his train into God, a tunnel? That'd be horrible. So eventually. You know, they, they, they're finishing their class, clasping hands together. And, and then later on, it's dark and they're, they're lying there. And for once, Toby gets to be Big Spoon. Yeah. Spencer, Spencer is going to let him be Big Spoon for the night. I mean, and then, it, and then it pans again to that M in the motel sign for some reason. I mean, he put her in a mental hospital. You know, I think the guys earned some Big Spoon time, right, mm-hmm. ladies? Right. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. So next day at school, Arya's looking out the window on the landing of the staircase. Um, this whole scene is basically like a pastiche of the staircase scene from Allie's funeral in the pilot where Arya and Ezra had their first overly dramatic situation. Did they do this one other time, too? I want to say like maybe in the first season finale. I don't think so, but maybe. But like uh, Ezra never talked to Arya on the landing of stairs. Only big epic bad things happen to you during these conversations yeah he says hello he took the job she just shrugs and she says do you remember what you said at ali's funeral you were right there never was a happy ending for us meanwhile she's wearing a medieval tunic as a top here and a tartan skirt um, and uh as says you know this doesn't have to be forever you're graduating in seven months which might as well be seven years yeah. i you know I- i'm not saying i disagree with aria but like 
this is the most fucked up thing you can say to someone you're breaking up with, which is uh, there never was a happy ending for us. Like, well, he said it to her first, so yeah, still both. Well, of see, you. this is this is Arya's finally going to get the the true breakup she's been scripting. You know, she's like, tonight uh, I put my thumb in your ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> aces. <laughs> so <laughs> Arya says, you know, because as her said, you graduated in seven months, and th- isn't that sexy? Uh, Arya says, and I wish I could hold on to that, but it's too hard. I need to move on, and so do you. And so she kisses him quickly and says goodbye and moves past him. And then, in a direct replay from the pilot, he grabs her arm and spins her around and they gives her a passionate kiss. And uh, I hope this is dramatic enough for you, Arya, because she she ends a kiss and she's kind of like, hmm, and she smiles and walks down the stairs. Caresses his face with one of her mm-hmm. hands has a giant ring on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then she walks away, cold blooded. Um, and he gives her this kind of like hard look as she basically walks out of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut to the swim meet. And that was the last you see of Ezra. Just yeah. kidding. Well, he uh, he gets cancer and then gets hit by a car in the next episode and then falls down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Jason De Laurentiis. Yeah. He's still <laughs> no! down there. Yeah. So swim meet, lots and lots of swimming shots, lots of shots of people carrying signs that say, like, we love our sharks. Shark race, attack. Racing the Red Devils. Apparently the Red Devils win this. That's what it sounds like from the announcer. I, I have a theory as to why. But, yeah, you've never seen so much goddamn school pride at this school as you do right now. Um, you know, except for maybe that marathon thing where they tried to blow up Meredith. <laughs> um, there's even a guy who, like, is wearing like, this, like, dorky fucking, like, shark hat. So outside the school, I mean, there's just students everywhere with... Well, everybody's swimming. like streaming out now. I, presume, I think the meet just ended, so everybody's leaving. Oh, okay. They're all okay. carrying their like massive signs around. Uh, and Spencer is walking into school. I guess she figured, "Fuck you, Shauna. I don't care about your stupid meet." Yeah. Uh, and she's well, walking she, in, she and late, so yeah, <laughs> that that overrides it. Yeah. And oh, she's also, of course, I'm not going to describe the full fashion, but it's it, this is back to good old Spencer fashion now. Yeah. And she looks over and sees Redcoat just strolling right on in and black leggings, heels, and a, a red coat right into into the school. And, and Spencer's just like, uh. <laughs> like, hmm. So then she starts to follow from a distance. And we kind of go in, in into the hall as Spencer's trailing Redcoat, trying to keep an eye. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the quad area. And suddenly in the quad... Walking chase. Yeah, in the quad, there's like a shitload of people in, in red jackets or red hoodies because of all the uh, the Red Devils people. Yeah, they're all like wearing their school gear, and so Spencer's like, you know, she's lost Redcoat now. Like, where'd Redcoat go? And she looks around for a while, but eventually spots Redcoat back inside in another hallway. Yeah. So we go back inside. We follow Redcoat down a hallway, and Redcoat goes into the bathroom. Spencer goes into the bathroom. Redcoat is standing like on the opposite side of the bathroom looking out the window just like you know standing silently and so spencer Back approaches yeah. and you know grabs redcoat's arm spins around who is it it's hannah. hannah spencer is stunned she says what is this and hannah says you followed me here that means you don't know who she is either sure <laughs> then the stall doors open ari and ellie pop out and Emily says, if you don't know who she is, that means you're still one of us. And Arya says, look, Spence, no matter what this is, no matter how deep you're in this, you know you can tell us the truth, right? Spencer looks very cautious here. And Hannah says, we want to help you. And Spencer says, Mona came to see me at Radley when I well, found Toby in the she's woods. She's speechless for a moment. Then she yeah. starts in, yeah. When I found Toby in the woods, she'd planned the whole thing. She wanted to break me so she could put me back together like her own Humpty Dumpty. 
And Ari says, so Mona made you an offer you couldn't refuse? And Spencer says, she told me that Toby was still alive. And Emily's yeah. like, Toby's alive? And Spencer, she kind of unguarded smiles a little at this. She's like, yeah, and it's true. It's true. He, he's been working with Mona because he found out about Redcoat. And Mona's the only person who knows who she is. And he's like, and you seen him? And Spencer's like, yeah, last night. Big old smile there. That was an you I know, got laid smile. Toby put a little sour cream in that burrito, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's just an awful, awful thing to say. So the girls all get giddy. And Spencer's just like, he's on our side, you guys. He always was. This is a party tomorrow. It's a set, but this party tomorrow, it's a setup. Redcoat just wants us all to be together. And Arnie is just like, why? What's she going to do to us? Because it's so hard to get these liars together. Seriously, they're together every fucking moment of the day. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, we're not going to let it happen, you know. Whatever it is, we're one step ahead of her, finally. And there's two of us on the inside. Unfortunately, one of them is Toby. Yeah. Um, Hannah's like, are you going to clue us in on your double agent status, Nikita? Nice reference, Hannah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's been quiet for these past few months because she's like thinking of that awesome singer. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer's like, I'm the one who sent you the picture of me and Allie. You did exactly what I needed you to because Mona watches my every move. You found a way to get to me without her knowing about it. She want Mona to like step out of the other stall and just be like, I mean, I'm just insulted, Spencer. Really? Yeah, exactly. I live so, in an adrenalized hyper reality. Your your clever ruse. I saw. I saw coming before you even thought of it. Yeah. So Emily says, you know, instead of Redcoat waiting for us tomorrow, we'll be waiting for her. And Arya says, and if we're lucky, this thing will all be over with. And uh, Spencer's just like, look, won't have anything to do with it. I really thought that like. <laughs> the meat hadn't started yet and the mm-hmm. sharks lost because their best swimmer was too busy with this meeting. <laughs> I could buy that as well. Although maybe they were just waiting in there the whole time and that's why the sharks lost. Yeah. Ellie's just like, God damn it, guys, I have a swim meet to get to. Where is she? Um, no. So school the next day, we're in a classroom. Ari and Emily, you know, come to class, take their seats. They've decided for once to attend class. Uh, Arya's necklace looks like it literally has wooden leaves on it because, like you said in a previous episode, if each of the girls was a different season, Arya's autumn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arya Mona in this class too. Arya's well, they're all in this class. Uh, yeah. Arya's kind of like not really paying attention. She pulls out her book, the farewell, to, uh, farewell to arms, on and kind list. of buries herself in it. Yeah, Spencer's wearing a hat that looks like a cross and like a Frank Sinatra hat, and like a blossom hat. Um, new teacher comes in, writes his name on the board. All the girls see this teacher and look back at Arya because, of course, Arya is the last person in the classroom, nay, the world. Mm-hmm. To see that the new teacher is Mr. Fritz. <laughs> yeah. And they're all looking back, like sympathetic. And yeah, of course, it says, or he turns around, and he's like, Good morning. I'll be your substitute teacher. If we open to chapter one, we'll find out why Hemingway said, All things truly wicked start from innocence. There's a cheesy smile on his face for a moment. Interesting that Mona is in this class. He literally says, I'm back as your substitute teacher. Because <laughs> this is truly rock goddamn bottom. But mm-hmm. yeah, Spencer like just looks back at Aria. And I wondered, like, does Spencer feel guilt from her part in like speeding up their breakup? Because she didn't really cause it. She just kind of sped it up. Yeah. I feel like Spencer's like, look, you needed it. Yeah, seriously. So meanwhile, it's, me. it's Hannah's house. It's like dusk in Hannah's kitchen. We see Arya's looking at the Lodge's website on a, lop- on a laptop, and mm-hmm. man, Arya and Emily's dresses. Oh, my God. Arya's wearing uh, this, it's a sleeveless black dress, but then she has like some like faux fur draped over her shoulders. She looks like super glamorous. She uh, she's looks got her, like... Her hair is kind of like pulled up short, uh, and the front's all like lacy and like kind of uh, like skin tone. 
Good she look. looks like an escaped Soviet spy in a fairy tale. She looks like she's about to go to like the Clue house. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emily's is a black dress that's like covered with like golden leaves all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Emily didn't just hear me say that Arya was Autumn. Maybe Emily didn't get the memo. Um, so Arya's like, you know, it's perfect timing actually. I need to pick me up. And Emily <laughs> says that the the lodge at Thornhill looks really nice. And Hannah comes in and says, "It's the Hastings. What were you expecting? Donuts and dogs." LOL. Yeah, these girls all look amazing. Hannah is in kind of a kind of bluish purple dress with a big kind of golden jeweled uh, high high waisted belt there. She's she's dressed like a Disney princess. Yeah, they all look pretty good. Yeah, um, and Emily might just be checking Hannah out there, or maybe no, she's looking at her shoes. Well, I, I choose to believe she's also checking Hannah out. Uh, you ship it? Yeah. Oh yeah. People <laughs> ship that in real life, man. Yeah, they do. But Shay, the Shay Mitchell, Ashley Benson. We yeah. all know their boyfriends are just for show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Arya asked Hannah, "How can she afford new Mew Mews? Mew Mews? Yeah, shoes. Is that or real? Mew I don't know. Means? I don't know. I'm called Mew Mews. Yeah. Hannah says, "Oh, I borrowed them. Store gets full re- full refunds for returns. And then outside, we see A is filming this on a phone. An iPhone. Yeah. Emily is, uh, she's saying, you know, that's if you don't wear them, you know, you can return them. And Hannah shrugs and she's just like, doesn't say that on the receipt. So they're just kind of being girly and they walk off and leave. Um, so meanwhile at the Lodge of Thornhill, Spencer is in a nice evening dress that's just perhaps not her color. Uh, she gets off the phone. She says to Mona that, uh, the liars are running late. Um, Mona's there in her A uniform looking adorable. Toby's there in his A uniform. Oh, let me, let me talk about the lodge a little from the exterior. It has like, uh, it's kind of a wide thing with like, there's a, a central area with this very steep roof, uh, steep roof. It's kind of like Germanic or maybe like Swedish looking. Very, very steep roof. And then like two wings off to each side of it. Um, it looks like that main, portion of it looks like it makes basically a giant a it could it could indeed um yeah so toby's in his a uniform i don't know if he's asleep if his eyes open or he's on muscle relaxers in this mm-hmm. scene but um why not both yeah mona and her terminator voice this is how late so instead of answering this question spencer just goes into the arms of toby and they start kissing and mona, mona just, just like, has to, she rolls her eyes she's just like ugh barf <laughs> this is the problem with being the generalized hyper reality is that uh you don't have anyone to bang yeah well, everyone's beneath you so mm-hmm. she says you know they're on their way that's all i know so mona's checking out the windows perhaps nervously and she says she's expecting all of you to be here and spencer says and we will be you really see how tiny janelle Parrish is compared to yeah to i know it's Toby pronounced and spencer there you're it's like, like holy shit you're tiny is this like the first time i guess mona's just like not wearing heels yeah, probably, because Spencer's in heels, and, and Keegan Allen's tall, of course, so Mona looks, like, even shorter than Arya here. And it's um, also the angle, too, like, Mona's in the background there in the foreground. So she comes up to Spencer, like, you know, for effect, and she says, you have no idea what she's capable of, Spencer. Trust mm-hmm. me, you don't want to disappoint her. And Toby says, I saw them getting ready, you know, have the video that you asked for, they don't suspect anything. So, cut, cut to outside the Thornhill Lodge. Apparently, they do suspect something, because we're looking through the windows of Emily's car, and all those nice dresses they wore are now in piles on the seats of the car, along with their heels. They've uh, and, changed to getting down to covert business gear. Yeah, we pan over, and the liars are all wearing kind of 
Of course, they're still they have like boots on with like heels, but you know, at least they're more sensible boots with heels. Uh, and black clothes, black jackets. Arya has a, a little beanie of some sort on as well. Arya's like rubbing like shoe polish all over her face to blend mm-hmm. in. I wish. Um, so Hannah's like, you know, she's serious about not returning those shoes. LOL. Um, we see the girls as they're marching towards the lodge, and it seems like the lines have all been like dubbed over this scene because probably yeah. I mean, well, at one point, so you know. We'll get to the dialogue, and I'll talk about this. Emily says, Hannah, be quiet. We have to get inside before Redcoat shows up. And Arya says, if she finds out that we're on to her, we'll never find out who she is. And, you know, she says, are we, are we sure we trust Toby? Emily says, you know, Spencer does. And Hannah's like, well, do we have a choice? At one point, you see, like, Arya's, like, face as she turns around. You see Hannah's face. Mm-hmm. This dialogue is not coming out of their mouths. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder if, like, some of these sequences were rushed. You know, like they just uh, ran out just, of time and it's it a pain in the ass shooting exterior, so they probably just didn't mic them. Um, but inside, Mona is on the phone and says it's all according to plan. And then we, uh, she's yeah, she's talking to someone saying it's all according to plan. And then we cut to a, there's like a small prop plane flying low, and we kind of see the POV from the plane. Uh, it's pretty low in the sky, kind of wa- wavering in the air, and then back to Mona saying. How far away are you? Is it safe for you to land? Well, like, they cut to the prop plane, and you assume mm-hmm. that that's who Mona's talking to. And then when you see the POV of, like, the plane over the, like, lit-up skyline at night, you hear Mike Mona's voice filtered through a phone or something or mm-hmm. other like radio. So you know that's who she's talking to. Yeah, it's safe um, for you to land. It's finally about to end. You're going to get what you've always wanted. Yeah. Mona hangs up and turns around and looks at Spencer and Toby there and says, uh, Redcoat doesn't know they're all not here yet. And Spencer's like, I told you they're coming. Spencer's now wearing uh, some kind of glitter blazer that goes <laughs> of her dress. Because even her fancy dresses have blazers. Of course. Uh, and the camera floats upstairs. We're, we're going to enter like some like action-y stuff here. So we're cutting all over the place. Action. Yeah. So we cut to upstairs. The liars are sneaking in through a window into the kind of upstairs hallway near a banister there. Mm-hmm. And then back downstairs, Mona's saying, why don't we, why don't we go out for a walk while we wait? <laughs> and the liars are creeping down the hallway, looking over the railing, and Mona picks up this big hefty mag light, and Toby gets up and reaches for it, and he's like, I'll take care of Spencer. This mag light is giant because yeah. she's holding it. And <laughs> this might as well be her double-edged red lightsaber. Yeah, so Toby's going to take care of Spencer, and Spencer's like, Toby? And Mona hands him the flashlight and says, I know how you feel, Spencer. It sucks to be lied to. Mm-hmm. And Toby's like, get up. And Spencer's like, I believed you. And Toby's like, I said get up. And Spencer looks at Mona and she's like, you won't get away with this. Which is just kind of hilarious, like soap opera dialogue. Yeah. And Mona says, I'd say watch me, but you won't be able to, see, you won't be here to see it. It's and this adorable evil smile. Oh my God, this smile is like, it's, it's like giddy. It's it like, it kind of like, creeps in you know the sides of her mouth and then just spreads out and she's like ch- chuckling a little and laughing it's, like. yeah, it's just like warm glowing malice um mm. but mona really should not be so fooled that spencer would be this docile as she's being led to her death or whatever mm-hmm. the scenario is because i mean just do we have to flash back to die um like does mona, she think toby's just gonna go like execute spencer out there or something with I don't a flashlight know. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, Mona actually, like, laughs to herself a little as she watches Toby drag Spencer out by the arm. So upstairs, the other three liars are watching this. Cut to out in the woods where we see Toby and Spencer walking together. Um, He's, like, guided her through some trees and they come out to a path. He's no longer harming her or anything. Yeah, like we can hear the plane. It's close. You can hear those twin props. 
Uh, and they look up, they see the lights. It's a small little plane. And they're kind of walking and watching. And Toby tells Spencer, if anything goes wrong, you know what you need to do. They look very determined. So outside mm-hmm. the lodge, we see someone shut the door, the little hatch lock thing. They put a screwdriver through it so it won't open. This person is wearing gloves, but a they're not. These coat. are not A gloves. Yeah, these yeah. are. This is somebody in a, a brownish coat and gloves that are like partly black, but definitely not A gloves. This person's kind of like latching a door and then shoving a screwdriver through the latch to like block it from opening. Mm-hmm. So somebody's up to no good outside this lodge right now. Somebody's always up to no good. Yeah. Inside the lodge, Mona's actually making sure that she looks good in the mirror. She She's pulls kind of her, adjusting the hoodie, you know, making sure it looks good. She pulls it up over her head. Yeah, she starts walking. She passes a corner, and there's Hannah doing her hand solo pose, like leaning against the wall, arms folded. She's just, like, going somewhere. Yeah. And then Arya and Emily both swoop in. Mona's now cornered. And Mona just looks indignant. And she's like, you're making a terrible mistake. And Emily's like, that's not how we see it. And Mona says, because you don't see. You have no idea what's going on here. And Arya gets up in her face, and she's like, we know enough. Arya, wow. Really, really Arya, you know enough? Yeah. So outside, the plane lands on like the landing strip that's all lit up. And in the woods... Well, it's like barely lit, though. I mean, it's like the like most minimally lit landing strip you've ever seen. This is a hell of a pilot. Mm-hmm. Hell of a pilot. Yeah. Um, it, it's woods, hard to fly around with a mask of your own face on. True. Spencer and Toby are walking together. They hear some like twigs snapping in the woods. They look over, and they see someone basically walking parallel to them with a flashlight. And Spencer's like, well, who's that? Toby decides to investigate. He tells her to get to the plane. And she says, Toby, be careful. And this line always annoys me because it's usually like the hero's wife who gets addled with this. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, Jack Ryan or whoever, be careful. Yeah. Um, then Toby says, remember why we're here, Spencer. You see her. You see her. She doesn't see you. Toby's and, like, or Spencer's like, I know it's my plan. Um, Toby takes off running through the woods towards the flashlight. Spencer keeps on going down her path, which is. The meta statement about this character there ever was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the woods, still, we see the person in the brown coat with the black gloves. They have a, like a golden Zippo lighter. They light Spencer's like soiree invitation on fire. They drop it to the to the ground where we see like a, a nearby a gas can. Yeah. The lit invitation like lights up a trail of gasoline, which leads right to the log, which is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the mother. Yeah, go. seemingly they. This person has doused the entrance to the lodge with gasoline and then, like, led a trail back that they just lit. And so all this fire is suddenly raging right at the doors of the lodge, like the front doors. Yeah. And so inside, Mona sees the fire and she's like, what have you done? And they all kind of become aware of this blaze is, like, all over the place. It's out all the windows. Uh, It's already already climbing up the second story. Yeah, Emily tries her phone, nothing. She yells at Mona, try her phone. Mona has no signal. And Arya, she's like, how can you have no signal? We saw you make a call. And, and Mona, Mona says, like seriously distressed. Mona is freaking out. She says, it's her. Don't you get it? She can do anything. She's everywhere and she's nowhere. That's one of the cheesiest lines in this show. I and love it, that. But when Mona delivers it, it, it works so well. But see, I had the exact opposite opinion to me because this is a woman who is living in the hyperadrenalized super reality where she's omniscient because she simply willed it to be. But there's somebody else who's everywhere and nowhere. Who's like trumping her ace for audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so outside, we see the lodge burning. Inside, the girls like run down another hallway. Try yeah, to Han- Hannah's like, let's get out of here. And she like leads them you know, to a back door. So the fire is taking over the whole exterior. The back door, door is locked. This is the one that the screwdriver is blocking. Right. Uh, the girls try to go back the way they came, but now there's, there's fire there. So mm-hmm. Mona's just like, we're all going to die. But we're all going to burn. She's basically turned into Bill Pax and the James yeah. Cameron movie. And Hannah's like, then shut up, Mona. And Mona says, I'm never going to know who she was. 
And they all stop and they're like, Arya's like, what did you just say? And Mona says, Redcoat. I don't know who she is either. And Emily's like, are you kidding? Arya's like, you guys, we have to get out of here. Well done, Arya. Yeah. So outside by the landing strip, Spencer kind of, she's spying on this plane. Redcoat exits the plane. It's a blonde and a redcoat. It's all you can really see. Uh, the face kind of looks like it could be Allie's profile or maybe Cece's profile. It's really hard to tell. We really or can't see enough. Or it could enough. be completely indistinguishable at that distance in the dark. But Spencer says... Or it could be a mask of somebody's face. Spencer says, Allie? And she starts following through the Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, Redco is just striding along gracefully, taking her time. Spencer's in her high heels, mind you. And it gets to the point where it looks like Spencer's like, finally cool, lost her. Cool shots here because it's all night and all like silhouettes of the woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, but eventually Spencer kind of comes out to clearing, but she seemingly has lost Redcoat in the woods somewhere. Uh, Elsewhere in the woods, Toby comes up behind the person with the flashlight. They're wearing baggy clothes. It's a woman of long brown hair. It's pretty much this Jenna. This has right? got to be Jenna. I mean, because this person starts to turn, and like that's totally Tam and Cersei. Like The profile just matches well, exactly. Toby makes as close as he can to like a, a realization face, yeah. and then he's clobbered over the back of the head, and he falls forward. Yeah, Somebody drops that gold Zippo lighter behind his beside his unconscious body. Mm-hmm. So there goes Toby. He's down for the count. Uh, and then back inside, the fire is blazing, and we see somebody has like grabs Hannah's arms and is dragging her out by her arms. The unconscious Hannah. Unconscious Hannah. Yeah. And outside. then we we get outside and we see the kind of some bodies are just like arranged away from the fire out on the ground there, and this person in a red coat is crouching over hannah hannah looks up in a daze and like kind of comes to stares at red coat and then we see who it is it's, it's allison allison's looking down very concerned very great concerned face hannah like kind of clears her head rubs her eyes she looks up again and like red coat slash allison slash whatever is gone mm-hmm. she starts to sit up uh in the woods mind you oh we should mention the now that the lodge is on fire, it looks like there's all these A's on fire just because yeah. of like the the architecture. It's nice it's, imagery. It's awesome, yeah. So mm-hmm. in the woods, Spencer has basically now come to realize that she's lost Redcoat. She looks to the woods, and this is when she sees like the giant inferno. Yeah, she, and she runs it, towards it. It there's like a it sounds like the building's like collapsing or something. She can hear like a big whoosh go up, you know. Yeah. So she starts running back towards the uh, the lodge there to what see what's going lodge, on. Yeah. yeah. Where the three liars are waking up, coughing, sitting up. Mona comes running over them and she says, did anyone see her? And Emily's like, see who? And Mona says, Allison, she pulled me out of there. She pulled us all out. And Arya's just like, this chick is nuts. She's like, no, Mona, well, they're all like hallucinating. They're all like covered in soot now, you know, and coughing. But yeah, they're like, no, Mona, you crazy bitch. You're just hallucinating. And... Mona's like, she was here, I swear it. And Emily's like, Allie's dead. And Arya has this magical like look on her face. She's staring straight into Mona, like she's trying to absorb her madness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hannah shakes her head, doesn't want to admit it, but does, and says, I saw her too. And just then, Spencer comes running up and says, so did I. Allie is Redcoat. And they look back, the lodge is like collapsing now. And then we cut over to the woods. Toby another, starting... another fine mess these girls have made. Yeah, I love the, the burning A imagery there. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so Toby's coming to you in the woods, regaining his consciousness. He kind of finds a lighter next to him because it's like right next to his hand. It's like a gold metal lighter. It has a little compass on it. Compass rose, um, yeah. Yeah, compass rose. But then they're like the northwest is kind of like pointed out larger than all the other directions. Just and imagine it says the, NW. 
the music video where the girls all dance in front of the burning lodge to like a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut to uh, a car driving to the middle. Well, Toby just kind of looks around confused, like, oh, this is lighter. I got knocked out. He makes his usual face, yeah. Mm-hmm. Car driving to the middle of nowhere at night. Um, this is Emily's car. Emily's driving. Spencer's riding a shotgun. In the backseat, we have Arya, then Mona in the middle, and Hannah. And Spencer, wrapping it all up, says, so all of this started when you were in Radley. I really want at some point in this scene, somebody like Hannah would be like, hey, Spencer, what happened to Toby? <laughs> and Spencer's like, oh, uh, he, he can find his own way back. Yeah. I, I honestly forgot about him. Who? But yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who? Oh, that guy. Uh. That guy I sleep up sometimes. Simona says, I made a deal with the devil and she gave me a way in and out of that place. At first it was fun having a partner, but then the game changed. She stole you from me. And she stole her dolls away. Emily is not too happy to hear that. Emily says, so what happened that night? Were you there at the cemetery? Did you drug me? Did you take Allie's body? And Mona says, I don't know who drugged you, but I was at the cemetery and so was Redcoat. Nice non-answer, Mona. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah says, how could you not see who it was? And Mona said, she was wearing a mask. She looked just like Allie. And Arya says, well, that's probably what happened tonight. It wasn't Allie. It was a mask. And they kind of drive in silence until Emily's just like, oh, my God. And look up ahead. And they're, they're kind in, of. They're in Main Street Rosewood now. Yeah, suddenly now they're right in Main Street Rosewood, right at like City Hall. Right and by the parked, church. Parked out in front of City Hall is Wilden's cop car. It's like covered in kind of like mud and silt and whatnot so the siren still on the car siren lights looks yeah. like you know r2d2 after he was dragged out of the swamps of dagobah that is a lot of star wars references sorry mm-hmm. um so the girls they stop they get out of the car they walk over to Wilm's car uh they can hear audio coming from the car it's from the car's laptop that footage from the dashboard cam is still playing mm-hmm. so hannah's just like fuck yeah and so they can peek in and once again see the, the how the scene plays out between Wilden and Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of when it gets to the end of that uh, and Hannah's saying we have to you know we have to get out of here but then the tape kind of cuts forward and there's there's more now and we see out from out of the woods Jenna and Shauna come into the frame and they help Wilden up and kind of like walk away with him like you know carry him away. After he's been hit, run over by Ashley yeah. Yeah and Spencer's um, like they know Wilden? So Mona starts to walk around the back of the car as if she senses something's amiss. She looks at the trunk, and just then they all get texts. Well, oh, the trunk Who is, like, partially cracked. Yeah, they, they all get texts. Mona, too. I love it when they all get texts together. So Emily reads the bulk of the text, which says, You're mine now. Kisses. And then Mona says, Hey. Like, like shocked. She's like, what? And they all look at each other, and Mona's stunned. Like, wait a minute. I don't get a text. I yeah. send them, you know? I have tasted my own medicine. It mm-hmm. is bitter. Yeah, Mona's one of the liars now. Yeah. Uh, and they all look at each other. They're stunned. Spencer kind of open, pops the trunk open. They look inside and all gasp and jump back at the same time. We don't see what's in the trunk. It's Desmond from Lost. Yeah. Um. So instead of an A tag, we get a flashback. A very, very interesting flashback. If you'll recall in the Halloween episode of season three, we flash back to the, uh, the Gazebo plot there where... Yeah, nice. where we saw a hand coming out of the dirt, and now we're we're seeing that same shot again. This dark and stormy night, with Only the this uh, time. the gazebo, you know, octagon in the the dirt, and a hand comes out once again, grasping for you know oxygen and life, and then another hand reaches down and grabs his hand and starts to pull. 
And we end on that image of these two hands, like, clasped together. And it, it does appear that the hand in the dirt is wearing one of those bracelets, like Allison had. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is season three of Pretty Little Liars. A dangerous game. The so what did we season, learn? The fourth season premiere is called A is for A-L-I-V-E. Yeah, A is for Lies. So maybe Allie's alive. They, they're kind of hitting us over the head with that, that she might be. Yeah. Either that or it's just somebody running around in an Allison mask. Which is awesome and sinister. Yeah. So Mona now, she's she's been blown by Redcoat. <laughs> you forgot to say away again. Yeah. But yeah, um, she, she's she's seemingly on the out. She's getting the Atex now. She set up to hear that she could quite possibly be one of our little liars, our pretty little liars, which would be... Or it's all just part of her grand, grand scheme. And You know, I like a th- there's a... a fun theory that there is no red coat that it's like it's just like a something that mona hides behind hmm. like Smart. she's she's always big a there is no big a uh, above her she just like pretends that there is sometimes it's smart because i mean like like we said it's quite certainly seemed like at the end of season two she was trying to basically retire the game set up melissa to be like the final candidate for a mm-hmm. and then just live out you know retire to beekeeping as mona vanderall <laughs> um yeah now that she was friends with the liars and now she's a she's a pretty little liar she's getting atex too she's one of yeah. the gang yeah super exciting uh which hopefully will be like uh some kind of like oracle of information about <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this town yeah um yeah so Wilm's car is back dragged out of the lake there's uh, something in the trunk that has shocked them all yeah um and toby and remember- toby was uh just acting as A that whole time to get on Mona's side. And Spencer is remarkably cool with that for the most part. She's like, I don't even really have any questions. I'm just glad you're back. Yeah. The way you participated in torturing me and my friends for what, a month at least. That's cool. Or more. So now let's Mm -hmm. bone. You put me in a mental institution, but honestly, I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. I I always thought you were stupid. I didn't think you had it in you, in you old sport. Um, I feel like, like, did they have like a strategy sessions where like it's Toby's turn to come up with like the new A scheme, and he's just like, what if we like, uh, you know, put a bag of shit on their front porch and lit it on fire and rang the doorbell, and we're just like, get the fuck out. Gets up and hits him with her. Is it Friday yet, mug? <laughs> just throws at him. Toby's like, ah, oh, fucking fascist. Exactly. <laughs> Stay the fuck out of my peaceful beach community. Um, yeah. So, A's for Alive is coming up next, and we'll be season three, so plowing much. through that. You know, season five of the show, 5A, is almost done, so... Hype your video! We can, we can fill that void of PLL until the Christmas special. We, we hope to be caught up by the Christmas special, so we're going to keep plowing through season four and the first half of season five. Glad to be the only podcast covering all of the episodes of PLL. Um, be hyper video, come on. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I made a little video. Um, this video is a a recap of um season five, like pre finale. So if you are listening to this podcast and watching along, and you haven't seen future episodes, don't watch it because yep. there will be spoilers, really big, obvious spoilers. Like if you start watching it, it's like gonna immediately spoil you. So uh, yeah, if you are caught up and just like listening to podcasts. You can definitely go take a look. It's on our website page. If you go to uh, timetrialmurdermystery.com slash blog, 
you will see it's the, it's the first entry there. You could also probably find it on YouTube if you tried searching, but I think it's just called like Pretty Little Liars Season 5A Recap Trailer or something like that. So probably better to just go to our website to find it. Right. Just a shout out to some of the people who've shouted out to us. Uh, uh, Evan, thanks for the comment. That was nice of you. Um, Natalie, thanks for the tweet about the body in the morgue. Uh, we don't think that it's Miles Corwin that they find in the, the morgue. That would be uh, cool, though. That would be just chilling and awesome, but don't think that's the case. So that would be cool. Uh, JJ, are you even still listening? Is JJ still listening? I don't know if JJ listens or not. Um, um, Hectic Diva, uh, you're right. Seriously, no one knocks on the front door of the Hastings home, though it was somewhat addressed in the recent episode. But also, Statler and Waldorf, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda thanks us and doesn't mind being compared to Ashley Marin. So sorry, Amanda, but you're right. Ashley Marin is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned in the last episode that we were concerned about the episodes running too long, but apparently from the people who've commented, that's not a concern. So that's cool. I mean, we'll probably try to keep them hour and a half ish. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast or not, but we want to keep them, uh, the file size under 50 megabytes. So people on their cell phones, like if you have an iPhone, you can't download it through cellular connection if it's over 50 megabytes. So that's kind of the magic number for me. I try to keep it under that, which is like about an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we're that's about, about how long we'll be doing it. We're about nine minutes short at this moment, I think, of where we would have to cut off. Nine mm-hmm. and a half minutes or so. So, um, yeah, but season three, I love season three so much. I It was kind of magical just like rediscovering it from the podcast because I haven't mm-hmm. really watched it since it first aired. And it was... Somewhere during the start of like 3A or mid 3A where I realized that the show that I was casually watching with not a great interest was this fantastic show that, that this is. Um, and then just like my, my excitement about it just grew from there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's been fun like putting all the pieces back together. Cause like you said, you, you binge watch. That was your first. Yeah. Well, Evan asked us, you know, talk a little about ourselves, which of course we love doing. Uh, you know, how we got into the show. The way I got into the show was in late January of, I think it was 2013, last year. For whatever reason, I had no shows I was really currently watching. You know, nothing nothing was airing at the time. And maybe I was just feeling like a little... Nihilistic? Nihilistic, yeah. A little gloomy, a little down. And flipping through Netflix, looking for something to watch. And I, I saw PLL there, and I... I used to always see ads for this in front of the movies, like those like uh, TNT first look things that air in front of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, we, we always used to joke about the show whenever we'd see those ads in movie theater, me and my friends, we'd, we got, what do we call it? Uh, like whiny little twats or something like yeah. that was like our yeah. joke name for it. Yeah. Like or sassy little twats or something like that. Yeah. Sassy little twats. Uh, so we all, we'd always joke about the show and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll watch this. And I watched like seven episodes that night and I, even it's seven episodes in, I was like, I don't even know if I like this, but I just keep watching them. Uh, I've learned this year, especially because I think I've turned on four or five people to the show. The mm-hmm. first six episodes of PLL season one are incredibly strong. They're incredibly like an easy pull, an easy lay for somebody who's like testing their waters yeah. in the show. It probably took me until like more than midway through season one for I was like, yeah, I, I guess I like this show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I just kept watching it, like just because I had nothing else to do at the time. It was like on my my weekend or something. 
I I watched the show not long after it first aired because I saw someone's random tweet about this was a show that was basically doing the Dawson's Creek thing where a student was having an affair with a teacher, but it, it kept going. <laughs> and I was like, it That's, kept going and going and it going. It sounds trashy and scandalous. I, I, you know, I, I grew up with my mom watching soap operas, so part of me always leans towards those. Plus, I like mysteries. I mean, that's mm-hmm. killing somebody off in the first episode is so such an easy draw to get me into a show. I oh, mean, yeah. shameful thing. I had a hard time getting into the original Beverly Hills, the original Melrose Place, but I watched Models, Inc. when it was on because somebody died in the first episode, and I was like, what's the mystery I have to know? Mm -hmm. I have to know if I'm right in my guess. Um, So, yeah, and then I would just kind of catch up on it casually through Hulu. You know, every couple weeks I would would catch up a few episodes. If I missed a block because you could only watch like five episodes at a time on hulu i didn't care as much i try to follow along as hulu on with you know like wikipedia's synopses um but yeah somewhere in season three around the time when cc drake showed up i was just like fuck me this show is goddamn perfect mm-hmm. um, and, and amazingly enough because you watched it and never really talked about it with me at all right around the same time i started watching it and if you're if you're a true completist you can go and listen to it's the S3E2 episode of the Time Travel Murder Mystery podcast, the, the mm-hmm. podcast we normally theoretically do, our main podcast, uh, which we haven't updated in a while. Which is called? It's called the Pretty Little Liars episode. That's yeah. You can get my like raw, fresh take binge-watching a season and a half of PLL over the course of like seven days, maybe. Yeah. Um. So again, it's also the genesis of like the theory that we jokingly refer to throughout the the mm-hmm. our, our show. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about our our relationship, our initial relationship to the show. Well, let me ask you this: Yes, which one of us is Caleb and which one of us is Toby? Because <sighs> I feel like skills wise, I'm more a Caleb and you're more a Toby, but personality wise, it might be reversed. Actual bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But as for backgrounds, if you're really curious, we met. Does that in... mean, like in like 12 episodes of Bros Watch PLL 2, I'll have to leave to go do uh, Bros Watch for Ravenwood 2? <laughs> yeah, you can go do it on your own. Uh, but yeah, it... no one's gonna join me. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you're curious, we met in yearbook class in high school. That's how we know each other. I was the editor in chief. Um, yeah, Marco, we met. Marco was a lowly staffer. Uh. Somebody had uh, put a contract out in Benji's life and stabbed mm-hmm. him, and I carried him, you know, on my back for 20 miles to the nearest Himalayan hospital. Mm-hmm. I'd say if there's one TV character that really kind of captures my personality, it's the newspaper editor from the Earshot episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm pretty mm-hmm. much that guy. Hmm. How interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we started with a Buffy reference, and I think we should probably end with a Buffy reference right there. I think we should. We'll be back soonish. We're doing at least two weeks, sometimes three weeks. We'll be back to talk about Season 4, A's for Answers, and just uh, keep rocking and rolling, keep making good podcasts for you guys. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.